Chapter Two of Godliness. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway, England. Godliness by Catherine Booth. Chapter Two Saving Faith. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must i do to be saved and they said believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house acts sixteen thirty thirty one this is one of the most abused texts in the bible and one which perhaps has been made to do quite as much work for the devil as for god let every saint present asking faith for the light of the holy ghost while we try rightly to apply it let us inquire who are to believe when are they to believe how are they to believe one who are to believe to whom does the holy spirit say believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved now mark i answer not to all sinners indiscriminately and here is a grand mistake in a great deal of the teaching of this age that these words are wrested from their explanatory connection and from the numbers of other texts bearing on the same subject and held up independently of all the conditions which must ever and did ever in the mind and practice of the apostles accompany them indeed it has only been within the last sixty or seventy years that this new gospel has sprung into existence preaching indiscriminately to unawakened unconverted unrepentant sinners believe on the lord jesus christ it seems to me that great inquiry has been done to the cause of christ by thus wrongly dividing the word of truth to say nothing of the unphilosophical character of such a course for how can an unawakened unconvicted unrepentant sinner believe as soon as might satan believe it is an utter impossibility thousands of these people say i do believe my dear son only a little time ago on the top of an omnibus was speaking to a man who was the worst for liquor and using very improper language trying to show him the danger of his evil wicked course as a transgressor of the law of god oh said the man it is not by works it is by faith and i believe as much as you do yes said my son but what do you believe oh he said i believe in jesus christ and of course i shall be saved that is a sample of thousands i am meeting with them daily they believe there was such a man as jesus and that he died for sinners and for them but as to the exercise of saving faith they know no more about it than agrippa or felix as is manifest they come to die for then these very people are wringing their hands tearing their hair and sending for christians to come and pray with them if they had believed why all this alarm and concern on the approach of death they were only believers of the head and not of the heart that is they were but theoretical believers in the fact recorded in this book but not believers in the scriptural sense or their faith would have saved them now we maintain that it is useless and unphilosophical as it is unscriptural to preach only believe 
to such characters and christians have not done their duty and have not discharged their responsibility to these souls when they have told them that jesus died for them and that they are to believe in him they have a much harder work to do and that is to open their eyes to a sense of their danger and to make them by the power of the spirit realize the dreadful truth that they are sinners that they are sick and they will run to the physician the eyes of the soul must be opened to such a realization of sin and such an apprehension of the consequences of sin as shall lead to an earnest desire to be saved from sin god's great means of doing this is the law as a schoolmaster to drive sinners to receive christ as their salvation there is not one case in the new testament in which the apostles urged souls to believe or in which a soul is narrated as believing in which we have not good grounds to believe that these preparatory steps of conviction and repentance have been taken the only one was that of simon the sorcerer he was as numbers of people are in great religious movements carried away by the influence of the meeting and the example of those around him and professed to believe doubtless he did credit the fact that jesus died on the cross he received the facts of christianity into his mind and in that sense he became a believer in the same sense that tens of thousands are in these days and he was baptized but when the testing point came as to whose interests were paramount with him his own or god's then he manifested the true state of the case as the apostle said i see thy heart is not right with god and nobody is converted whose heart is not right with god that is the test if simon had been converted his heart would have been right with god and he would not have supposed the holy ghost could have been brought for money and paul added for i perceive that thou art still in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity and what further did he say to him therefore at once believe no he did not therefore repent and pray god that perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee repent first and then believe and get this wickedness forgiven and so we get a double lesson in the same passage this simon was the only person we have an any record of as believing whether is not in the passage itself taken with the context a reasonable and rational evidence that these preparatory steps of conviction and repentance were taken before the teaching of faith or the exercise and confession of faith simon had this faith of the head but not of the heart and therefore it ended in defeat and despair some have written me this week that they have believed they had been persuaded into a profession of faith but no fruits followed ah it was not the faith of the heart it was the faith of the head like that of simon's and it left you worse than it found you and you have been groping and grovelling ever since but i do not think that was real faith and that therefore real faith has failed but be encouraged to begin again and repent try the real thing for satan always gets up a counterfeit therefore don't go down in despair because the wrong kind of faith did not succeed that shall not make the real faith of god of none effect god forbid look at one or two other cases the three thousand in a day surely this is a scriptural illustration surely no one will call that anti-gospel or illegal 
what was the first work peter did he drove the knife of god's convincing truth into their hearts and made them cry out he awoke them to the truth of their almost lost and damned condition till they said what must we do to be saved they were so concerned they were so pricked in their hearts their eyes were so open to the terrible consequences of their sin that they cried aloud before the vast multitude men and brethren what must we do to be saved he convinced them of sin and thus followed the order of god again the eunuch is often quoted as an illustration of faith but what state of mind was he in was he a careless unconvicted sinner there he was an ethiopian a heathen but where had he been to jerusalem to worship the true and living god in the best where he knew as far as he understood and then what was he doing when philip found him he was not content with the mere worship of the temple whistling a worldly tune on his way back he was searching the scriptures he was honestly seeking after god and the holy ghost always knows where such souls are and he said to philip go join thyself to that chariot there is a man seeking after me there is a man whose heart is honestly set on finding me go and preach christ and tell them to believe that man would have sacrificed or done or lost anything for salvation and as soon as philip expanded the way of faith he received it of course as all such souls will saul on his way to damascus is another instance jesus christ was a preacher there and surely he would not be mistaken his philosophy was sound where did he begin what did he say to saul he saw there an honest-hearted man saul was sincere so far as he understood and if in any case there needed to be the immediate reception of christ by faith it was in his but the lord jesus christ did not say one word about faith saul saul why persecutest thou me tearing the bandages of deception off his eyes and letting him see the wickedness of his conduct when paul said what art thou lord he repeated the ac accusation he did not come in with the oil of comfort he did not plaster the wound up and make it whole in a moment but he said i am jesus of nazareth whom thou persecutest he ran the knife in again and opened paul's eyes wider and his wounds wider too and sent him bleeding on to damascus where he was three days before he got the healing he had to send for a poor human instrument and he had to hear and obey his words before the scales fell from his eyes and before the pardon of his sins was pronounced and the holy ghost came into his soul i wonder what paul was doing those three days not singing songs of thanksgiving and praise that had to come oh what do you think he was doing he neither ate nor drank he was in the dark what was he doing no doubt he was praying no doubt he was seeking after this christ who had spoken to him in the way no doubt he was looking with horror upon his past life and abjuring forever his accursed antagonism to jesus christ and his gospel of course he was bringing forth fruits meat for repentance according to the divine order acts twenty six and then came ananias and preached christ unto him and he believed unto salvation 
and the scales fell off and his mouth was filled with praise and thanksgiving to god cornelius is another instance but what was the state of his mind and heart we know that he feared god and wrought righteousness as far as he was able he gave alms to the people and prayed day and night that is more than some of you ever did who live in the gospel times you never prayed all night about your souls no wonder if you should lose them not half a night come of some of you but cornelius did he was seeking god he honestly wanted to know him he was willing at all costs to do his will consequently the lord sent him the glorious message of the revelation of jesus christ i might go on multiplying instances but i must stop we have said enough to show who are to believe truly penitent sinners and they only this text is a repenting enlightened convicted sinner is to a repenting enlightened convicted sinner now some of you are enlightened convinced and so wretched that you cannot sleep you do repent you are the very people then to whom this text comes believe you are just in the condition of the jailer believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved and now let us look what state of mind the jailer was in we see from the whole narrative how his eyes had been opened the earthquake had done that some people need an earthquake before they get their eyes opened and it has to be a loud one too the jailer's eyes were opened and he made the best use of his time he was lashing their backs a little while before talk about his change here was a change sirs what must i do to be saved i am ready to do anything only tell me what and when a soul comes to that state of mind he has nothing more to do but to believe on the lord jesus christ he came in trembling and went down on his knees and washed their stripes when you get to that state of mind you will soon get saved you have nothing more to do but to believe you will find it easy work then two when is a sinner to believe when he repents here again i am going to answer some of your letters one writes i am afraid i do not realize my sin sufficiently i have no particular agony on account of sin but i do see my whole life to have been one huge error and sin there is nothing more common than for souls to delude themselves on this point of feeling that gentleman confounds feeling with conviction he thinks because he has not this extreme agony which some have therefore he is not sufficiently convinced while the holy ghost has opened his eyes to see that his whole life has been one huge error and sin he is convinced that it has been all sin not one isolated sin here and there abstracted from his life but such a perception of his true character that he sees his whole life to have been sin surely my friend you are convinced what else but the holy ghost could have shown you that now the truly repentant soul first sees sin secondly he hates sin thirdly he renounces sin now let me try you by each of these tests don't let satan deceive you and make you believe the exercises of your own mind face the facts and when you have come to a conclusion don't allow him to raise a controversy but stick to your facts and go on from them 
or you will never get saved satan is an accuser of the brethren and i suppose of the sisters too i will be as honest and as searching with you as i possibly can i will not spare the probe and when we have probed and found the truth stand on it for christ's sake and don't let it go from under your feet because satan will try to cheat you out of your common sense conscience and convictions you see sin an entirely unawakened soul does not see sin that is in its true character in its heinousness in its consequences he admits that all people are sinners oh yes but he does not see the deadly damning character of sin he does not see what an evil and bitter thing sin is in itself now the holy ghost alone can open the soul's eyes to see this without him all my preaching or any other preaching even in the preaching of the angels if they were permitted to preach might go on to all eternity and it would never convince of sin if you see sin it is the holy ghost who has opened your eyes praise him and take encouragement my friend if god has thus far dealt with you and opened your eyes to see the character and consequences of sin does it not augur well that he desires also to save you from it he has opened your eyes in order that he may anoint them with eye-self and cause you to see light in his light now have you got thus far you have told me that your life has been one great sin others say one particular form of sin whatever it is if you are convinced of sin it is the holy ghost who has convinced you therefore thank god and take courage thus far further the true penitent hates sin that is his feelings towards sin are quite different to what they were in the past there was a time when you could commit sin almost without notice without concern people do not realize the great change that has taken place in them in this respect they are brought gradually to it translate yourself back into your unawakened state how do you live then the very things that now cause you such distress you practised every day they gave you no concern the things that horrify you now in the very thought of temptation to them you then were daily practising without compunction you had no hatred too no dread of sin you were willing bond-slaves of satan now you are his unwilling slave then you ran towards sin now he has to drive you and when you fall it is against your will you hate sin now mind this is not being saved from it this is not saying you have power to save yourself from it in fact this is the very difficulty personified by the apostle when representing the ineffectual struggles of a convicted sinner the things you would not those you do and the things you would those you have not the power to do nevertheless you desire to do them there is the difference once you did not desire to do them and perhaps those you did were a pack of hypocrites in your estimation now you feel quite differently and you struggle and strive and pray and watch some of you have told me so and yet you say i am again and again overcome of course you are because you are not saved yet but don't you see you desire to be you hate the sin which enthralls you you struggle against it you watch against it and you are not overcome half so frequently perhaps as you were before p 
people do not see what a great deal they owe to be to the convincing and preventing power of the holy spirit helping their infirmity even now to cut off and pluck out the right hand and the right eye and bringing them up in a waiting attitude before god like cornelius and the eunuch you my bearers hearers some of you are following after god you are longing for deliverance are striving against sin take an another illustration i don't mean that the soul has power to save itself from its internal maladies that you will get when jesus christ saves you but i mean this here is a soul convinced of sin here is a man who is daily addicted to drink he is a drunkard he becomes convinced of sin now then the spirit of god says will you give up the cup then commences the struggle now the question is are you to teach that man he is to go on drinking and expect god to save him are you to keep putting before him faith and telling him oh never mind your cup but believe on the lord jesus christ and you shall be saved or are you telling him you must put away your sin cut off that right hand pluck out that right eye renounce that drink forever in your heart in your purpose in your will and until you do you cannot exercise faith on the lord jesus here is another person addicted to lying he when he is convinced of sin sets a watch over his lips that he may not offend with his mouth and he does not succeed in so guarding himself or the holy spirit so helps him to guard himself that he does not lie as he used he is overcome now and then because he has not yet found the power but he is resolutely as his will is concerned cutting off this outward sin and waiting in the way of obedience for full deliverance and salvation who is a servant systematically robs his master's till he goes to a religious meeting and is convinced now the spirit of god says you must cut off that dishonesty you cannot come to this meeting night after night pretending to want to be saved while you are going on every day robbing your master you must cut off that right hand and give up that pilfering and resolve that you will make restitution and wait for me in the way of bringing forth fruits meet for repentance so you see what i mean now you are just here some of you you know you are if you are addicted to an evil habit it is just the same jesus christ wants you to forswear that habit in your will determination and purpose you have not the power to deliver yourself from it you may struggle as some of you tell me you are doing but it overcomes you and down you go he knows all about that but he approves of the struggle and the effort and the watchfulness and the determination and when he saves you he will give you the power and then you will stand and not fall for he will hold you up now you know that you go thus far and you know that at this moment if you had the power in yourself to extinguish the force of that evil habit over you forever you would do it without another moment's hesitation you say oh yes i would indeed would god i had the power that is repentance that is genuine repentance now what you cannot do for yourself he meets you just where you stand and says i will do it for you i will break the power of that habit i will deliver you out of the hands of the enemy 
i will save you out of that bondage only throw your arm of faith around me and i will lift you up and i will inspire you with my spirit you shall stand in me and by me and what you are now struggling to do for yourself i will do for you then you have not got this thus far that you hate sin yes i have you have said it in your letters to me and there are others saying it who have not written to me yes you are saying i desire to be saved from it i would save myself this very instant if i could and never sin again would you is not that repentance what else is it think you suppose you had a disobedient and a rebellious son and if he had been living irrespective of your law and will wasting your money and trampling underfoot your commandments suppose he comes back he sees the error of his course his eyes are opened perhaps by affliction perhaps by want or ten thousand other things at any rate he sees it but he comes home and says oh father what a fool i have been how wicked i have been i see it all now i did not see it when i was doing it i see my evil course my sins that made you mourn and turned your hair grey oh how i hate it all i repent in dust and ashes father i forsake it all i come home to you what would you say would you say my son you have not repented enough go be gone wait till you feel it more no your paternal heart will go out in love and forgiveness and you would put the kiss of your reconciling love upon his cheek even so there is joy in the presence of the angels of god over one sinner that repenteth it's there as there would be joy in that family circle over the return of that wandering child but suppose that lad were to come and say father i do thus repent i do thus forsake my sins but there are some companions who will follow me so closely that i am afraid i shall again fall under their power and there are some habits so terrible that i am afraid they will again conquer let me then be always by your side you must strengthen me what would you say would you not say then come in my son sit by me live with me and i will shield you i will deliver you thou shalt never cross the threshold without me i will live with you i will hold you up and as far as a human being could shield another you would shield your son he would never lack your sympathy or your strength day or night your heavenly father lacks neither sympathy or strength his eye never sleeps his arm never tires and you have only to go and lay your helpless weakness on his almighty strength by this one desperate leap of faith and he will hold you up even though there were a legion of devils around you lastly you renounce your sins that is in will purpose and determination you say i never wish to grieve him again you sing it and you feel it i never want to grieve him any more and if you could only live without grieving him you would not much mind even it were in hell itself is not that penitence you know it is you renounce sin you do not say lord jesus save me with this right hand with this right eye lord jesus save me with those forbidden things hanging about my skirts no you say lord jesus save me out of them make me clean that is penitence you see it you hate it you renounce it 
now then believe on the lord jesus christ o holy spirit reveal the simple way of faith three you say how am i to believe some despairing soul asked me this in large letters how am i to believe how does a bride believe in her husband when she gives herself to him at the altar she trusts him with herself she believes in him she makes a contract and goes home and lives as if it were true that is faith how do you trust your physician when you are sick and you lay in repose or anguish upon your bed you trust him with your case you commit yourself to him you believe in his skill and obey his orders have faith like this in jesus christ trust and obey and expect that it is going to be with you according to his word instead of this the faith of many people is like that of a person afflicted with some grievous malady a friend tells him of a wonderful physician who has cured hundreds of such cases and gives him abundant evidence that this doctor is able and willing to cure him if he will only commit himself to his treatment the sick man may thoroughly believe in the testimony of his friend about this physician and yet for some secret reason he may refuse to put himself into his hands now there are numbers like that with jesus christ they believe he could cure the malady of sin on certain conditions they believe he is no respecter of persons they believe he has done it for hundreds as bad as they and yet there is some reason why they do not trust him they hold back now what you want is to give your case into his hands and say lord jesus i come as thou hast bid me confessing and forsaking sin if i could i would jump out of it now and forever thou knowest i come renouncing it but not having power to save myself from it and now lord jesus thou hast said him that cometh unto me i will in no wise cast out i do come thou dost not cast me out thou dost take me thou dost receive me blessed holy father i give myself to thee i put my sins upon the glorious sacrifice of thy son thou hast said thou wilt receive me and pardon me for his sake now i roll the guilty burden on his bleeding body and i believe thy promise i trust thee to be as good as thy word that is faith oh said the dear lady i do not feel it no you must trust first mark not believe you are saved but believe that he does now save you what things soever ye desire when ye pray believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them that is the law of faith believe that ye receive it before ye feel it when ye receive it then ye shall feel it god shall be true and every man or devil who contradicts him a liar throw your arms around the crucified take fast hold of the hand of the son of god put your poor guilty soul right at the foot of his cross and say thou dost receive thou dost pardon thou dost cleanse thou dost save and keep using the language of faith i have seen numbers of souls step into liberty repeating these precious words in the first person he was wounded for my transgressions he was bruised for my iniquities the chastisement of my peace who laid upon him and by his stripes i am healed keep using the language of faith all the way home to-night go into your closet and say i am determined to be saved 
there is any such thing as salvation resolve that if you perish you will perish in that room at the foot of the cross suing for pardon and you will get it i have never known a soul come to this who did not soon get saved get into the lifeboat put off from the old stranded wreck of your own righteousness or your own efforts step right into the lifeboat of his broken bleeding body take a fast hold and resolve that you will never let go until the answering spirit comes into your soul crying abba father and you shall know of a truth that you have passed from death unto life the lord help you amen End of chapter 2